Tandem Nomads, episode 156. When it comes to the GDPR, the biggest rules are this. Number one, be very transparent about what you're doing with people's information and get their permission to do it. If you follow those rules, you're going to be in good shape. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach, and I am very excited to have a special guest today to talk about a very important topic. So a few episodes ago, I talked to you about the importance of having a clear content strategy to build your business online and to build a successful portable business. Being able to create content and to grow your mailing list is crucial for you to be able to be successful at this. However, there are some legal parameters that you need to take in consideration. And one of the biggest one is called GDPR, which is the EU rule for any person who collects data online about people that can be as simple as their first name, their last name, and their email. So by law, you're going to have to follow certain rules. Otherwise, you might be in trouble. So I want you to check that episode that I put in the show notes of this episode about how to build your content online and your mailing list. But here, we're going to talk about the legal aspects with an amazing lawyer and one of the best I've known in this field who helps online entrepreneurs, Bobby Klink. Bobby, are you ready for this ride? I am excited. I'm ready. And, and I'm, I, I love hearing that you did an episode about content and growing your list because I tell everybody online they need to be doing that. So I'm glad you're, you're preaching the same thing that I am. Oh, yes. And Bobby, you are doing also that. So let me introduce you, Nomad Nation, to who is Bobby. First of all, if you, I know that a lot of you who are listening listen to every single episode. So I hope that you listen to the previous episode with Bobby, where we talked about all the legal stuff you need to think about in order to grow a portable business and an online business. So check it out. It's episode 154, tandemnomads.com slash 154. But on this episode, Bobby's going to share with us his great tips about GDPR. Bobby, introduce yourself. So um, I am a lawyer by training, um, but if you met me, you would not think that I'm a lawyer. I, I look, look, act, sound a lot more like an online entrepreneur because that's what I do. Um, I found most lawyers boring. Uh, I was in a punk rock band in college. That's kind of tells you more about who I am than me being a lawyer. And so I started my online business and I started it as a way of just helping people with the legal stuff and selling legal templates and giving away free training about the legal stuff, et cetera. And then in the process, I found that I really loved the business stuff too. And also that when I stepped into just being me, not being pretending to be lawyer man or anything like that, but just being Bobby, and, you know, using my personality and my brand in my emails and everything else, people love me. And so I've also started helping people. So I'm building an online business that's on the business side stuff. So I know exactly what uh, online entrepreneurs go through because I am one. And so that's what I do. And that's who I am. And I, and I hope I summed it up well enough there. Oh my God. You know what? I'm going to start doing that. I mean, why am I introducing people? <laughs> I mean, the way you did it is just fantastic. And I need to preach for, 
for uh, for Bobby Nomad Nation, he's been so helpful in my business to be able to make it uh, legally proofed. So, uh, and and in terms of GDPR, I do think that this whole vague. It was in two thousand May two thousand eighteen when I did the first episode about GDPR. So, if you want to know more about GDPR in general, I'll put the link on the show notes of this episode. But since May two thousand eighteen. We have more clarity about it. We have more experience with it. So we can now have a bit more guidance, but there's still a lot of gray zones. I can see Bobby saying, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so there's still a lot of areas that are gray. But I think we still have a bit more practice than in May 2018. And I would love to have a bit more practical guidance as much as we can, Bobby, about it. So how about we start by simply saying, what are the main GDPR areas that we have to be aware of as an online entrepreneurs and the key responsibilities basically that we so, have to look at. Yeah. So look, I, I love GDPR uh, and I'm one of the weird people. Um, and I love it only because it really is what helped me rise to fame in the space that, that we're in. Um, and I kind of, what happened was when GDPR was going to go into effect, I was building my online business and I was like, people kept asking, I was like, oh, let me go try to find a good training that I can send people to. And I would walk out of trainings and I was confused and I wanted to bang my head against the wall. And I'm like, and I'm a lawyer. How is anyone else going to do this? So I did what I tend to do. I read this 170 page law myself and came up with the, my own training, which people loved and, and, and it kind of helped propel me. So I have a warm spot of my heart for it. But again, I'm not sure that you're right. Maybe it's gotten clearer, but at the same time, it's gotten, there's gotten to be more gray areas, maybe to our benefit as entrepreneurs, but mm -hmm. at the same time, things that I thought were very clear from reading the law and everybody agreed with back then may not be true. So oh, I'll stick okay. that. All right. But when it comes to GDPR, there's the other thing you need to understand is it's not a law about email marketing. It is a law about data privacy. And so a lot of the law has nothing to do with us. A lot of the law is more about the Googles and the Facebooks of the world and what they're doing with the data. And so the GDPR talks about processing data, not about like sending emails. So we have to kind of figure out, okay, well, what does that mean for us as entrepreneurs? And there's a couple of big points. Number one, it means that you can't collect, store, or even delete data about people that is a personal information without a lawful basis for doing so. And although there are multiple lawful bases, so one of them is if it's necessary for transactions. So obviously I can collect your credit card information when you buy something from me because I need that to actually process the trans transaction. Um, but really for most data we collect, it comes down to consent. And that's why I said at the beginning, the most important thing is you get permission from people to use their information. So that's kind of the first big area is you need to have a basis for doing it and it's consent. Then the next big thing is if you collect information for one reason and tell people I'm only going to do one thing with it, you can't then do other things with it. So that's why you need to be very transparent in telling people what you're going to do with the data. And let's, let's be specific about here what you're talking about. We're talking about the freebie. You're offering, yeah. for example, a free guidebook and offering to people to download it. And you can't just send them the newsletter without making it explicit. 
Okay, yeah, well, we're going to so, go so, through already? <laughs> so, so it does have to be explicit. That we're oh. clear on. You have to be very clear on that. But this is one of the gray areas. So at the time that the law went into effect, every lawyer that I talked to, every GDPR expert I talked to agreed on this one central thing. I could not say that the that here get my freebie and if you want it click this box to consent to be on my marketing email list. I had to give you the option to download the freebie without joining my list. Everyone agreed on that. Now, some people thought if you said, well, join my email list and as a gift I'll give you this, it's okay. But that was something that everyone agreed on. So you had to give people the option and the box couldn't be checked, you had to give them and you had to give them the freebie even if they didn't want to be on your marketing list. That's where things have gotten kind of hazy lately. So <laughs> I know there, was, there was an opinion issued by the EU and I forget exactly what it is, but kind of a, an attorney who works within the EU authority about this thing that had to do with a lottery, I believe. And the point, that the, this EU representative made is where a, you basically say, give me your personal information so that I can use, sell it to someone to market to you. And that will enter you in a lottery. The, the EU, this person who's kind of representing the EU said, that seems to be okay. And it, it's okay for you to require the consent because the whole purpose of you getting the information is to sell it. And I look at that and I say, well, that seems a lot like a freebie. But this was just an opinion by like a filing by some a representative in the EU. Well, there was a German court that recently reached a very similar decision in a sweepstakes, which again, it was kind of one of those deals where uh, you entered a sweepstakes and they were going to then share the data with, I think, eight partners who could then market to you. And again, the same result. Effectively, the nature of the deal is that you can, you know, you're, you're giving me your information in exchange for this, so that's okay. So that's why I said it's gotten hazy. It may now be the law that we can, in fact, require people to give us consent to market to them if they want our freebie. I still don't do that for people in the EU, um, but it may be the case. Um, so that's why I have to say, I don't know what the law is. Um, it seems like that's what the law ought to be. Because if you think about it, the whole purpose, the only reason I'm giving you the freebie is so that I can send you emails. And everybody knows that's the transaction. You're paying me for that freebie by giving me your email address. Yep. So it seems like the law is trending that way, but it's not all the way there yet. And I'm seeing a lot of entrepreneurs doing that. And I've talked yep. to some lawyers, for example, in Switzerland and Germany, and it seems to be now pretty safe. But here's the but and tell me if I'm wrong, Bobby, because I think you have more knowledge about that. I would never do that without saying that on the freebie, if there's no checkbox, that at least I would put a sentence personally saying, I will be sending you a newsletter. Oh, oh no, let me be clear. At least one, I don't remember one, if it was either the German court or the other, you still have to have a checkbox. And okay. it still shouldn't be pre checked, you should still make people check it but you can require them to check it, which again, to me is a, a very strange thing. Yeah, wrap your, wrap your head around that for a second. Uh, but so if I were doing it, I would still do that. I would still have the checkbox. That way, them acting to actually click the box 
indicates that they have consented and that they understand that by downloading this freebie, they will be added to your email list. So if you're going to go that route, I would do it. The important thing is just that you can require it. And this was what everybody was concerned about mm. was if I can't require it, most people aren't going to sign up. And again, I knew some people who, who, who tried it where even at the beginning, they didn't require people. They required people to choose between clicking yes or no to being added to their, their email list. And most people were saying about 70% of people were saying yes anyway. So it's not like most people were just getting the freebie and saying anything else. But yeah. let's, let's be honest, even without GDPR, most of the people who, were, who would say no are the people who would have gotten your freebie and unsubscribed right away anyway. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And, and I do see it in my own, in my own list. Like I would say 90% clicks on it. It's very, yeah. and, and you don't want people who don't want to read your newsletter and that's all about building the relationship anyhow. But um, I kind of distracted you with this whole thing, but I do think that it was an important and it's probably the biggest, the biggest question that everybody's wondering regarding list building and content building and how, how we should present. So you're saying, if I rephrase and correct me, please, that you would still put the checkbox and having and not pre-checked, people have to check it to say, yes, I want to be in your newsletter. Yes. So, and again, what I would tell you is, I think the law is training that way. And it sounds like you've talked some, to some European lawyers who are agreeing that that seems to be okay. Um, and again, it depends on how aggressive you want to be. You can go that and they have to check it. And the alternative route that a lot of people are going is they give people the option to say yes or to say no. Just require them to choose one or the other. That is the safer route, but it is probably not required, but probably is about all I can tell you. Yeah, I think that's the safest route. What's happening and the discussions I had with some lawyers was that you don't even need the checkbox. You just have to say it's going to be you're going to receive the newsletter. And that's a little bit that what I was surprised. Yeah. yeah, And I would definitely not go that route. Um, so the, the question comes in because again, it seemed very clear from the law that having a, um, that you have to have a checkbox and it cannot, it, like, even if you gave them the option between yes and no, the default can't be yes, because what you need is an affirmative act by them showing consent. And the problem is, even if you have a line there who says that, that says that, what I'll tell you is a lot of people don't read that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll just tell you because I have products where people can, can sign up, like it's a product, but they can choose a payment plan instead of a, you know, one-time payment. And I will get these emails. I didn't realize there were multiple payments. I was, I'm sitting there. I'm like, you chose, there was one that was $9.97 one, <laughs> and one is 12 pence and 97. You thought you just paid 90 again. <laughs> And I think they're being honest. So the problem is how do you show that they actually did consent if they don't check a box? If they check a box, it, it should show they knowingly consented. And so it addresses that. Um, but there's, I don't want to get too deep because I don't want to yeah. make it a big pain. But what came up is the, the law says consent has to be freely given. And there's a provision in there that makes it seem like if if I require you to give that consent as a condition of something else, then it's not freely given. And that's why the, the lawyers initially, and again, like I said, every lawyer I talked to at the time thought you could not say you have to give consent to get my freebie. 
that's the the part of the law that seems to have definitely um i don't say be eroded but kind of over the last year and a half people have kind of concluded that it is not that stringent yeah very good so i think that's the main question there's a little more to cover about gdpr that needs also mm -hmm. to be covered but i just want to go back a little bit to what we said in the previous episode it's you see we can see here nomad nation how even that is still subject to discussion although it should be as clear it should be straightforward like should we tick the box or should we not tick the box? But um, first of all, technologically, the great thing is that now all the platforms of email marketing are providing a solution to make that easy. So there's no more, like it used to be complicated, now it's pretty straightforward. So what I would say personally, you have two choices and two routes that depends on where you stand as a person, as an entrepreneur. The first one is I want to be the most careful person and the most diligent person. So I'm going to do even more than what the law requires or you say i'm willing to play a little bit with the gray zone and to actually just do the minimum possible and that's up to you to make that decision but make sure to reach out to some experts who will guide you so we're here to give you some directions but bobby here has i feel something to add to that well so what i wanted to say is also something that that hopefully people get if you as the marketer are not in the eu you only have to comply with the GDPR for people on your list who are in the EU. Yeah, but then it's endless. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and this is one of the difficulties where it comes up. So I, for example, choose like, I use Kartra for my email marketing and Kartra has the ability to detect where the other person is coming from. So they only show the GDPR stuff to people who are in the EU because I'm not. And so because of that, I don't require people. I just give them an option, click yes or no. And I do that because I know that 90% of my list is not in the EU. So I'm just saying, hey, if I only get 50% of the people coming from the EU to say, okay, that's fine because it doesn't affect my life. I would probably be one to push further into the gray zone if number one, I was in the EU or if almost all of my audience were in the EU. And so it mattered more. So that's another thing, just as a business person, you have to make that determination based on where you are. And, you know, again, it's one of those things. It's also like, I'm probably the least likely to get in trouble because I'm not in the EU and don't really focus on the EU. But at the same time, it doesn't matter to my business that much. So I'm not going to push the line. That's a very good point. So what, Nomad Nation, you need to know, and I'm going to be very straightforward about that one, I think everybody who's listening to this to the podcast is and should be subject to GDPR because of the nature of our lifestyle and the nature of our work. There's the chances to have somebody on your list from the EU is super high, even if you're not in the EU, which leads us to who is subject to GDPR. And I think we covered it already in the previous episode. I, wanna, I don't want to repeat, but basically it's not because you're business is not in the EU that you should not respect the EU. It's more about your audience. Where is your audience? That matters. And, and if you're trying to build a portable business, the chances are very big that your audience is subject to GDPR. So I'm going to skip that discussion, if you may, Bobby, unless there's something important you want to add to that one. No, not to that, but I do have to make a comment. Okay. Um, I should have said this in my last thing. When you were talking about this, there's an irony. Because the GDPR requires us in our in how we disclose things to our users to be clear and not use legalese and make it very clear and obvious. And I can't help but think 
that's kind of funny since nobody even knows what the GDPR means. <laughs> the lawmakers can't make the law clear, but we are required to make things clear. I just had to say that. You made me think about that a second Amen. ago. Amen and I had to, to that. Comment. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. And so, um, so I think we covered a lot about the privacy that's directly related to list building and, and building content with a list building strategy. What are the other things we should be aware? Because that's not the only thing we should know about when we have an online business, and we have to be careful of other things regarding GDPR. So, so the other big thing we kind of talked we talked about it in the last episode. Part of what GDPR requires is that you have to disclose what you you know what you collect, how you collect it, what you do with it, who you share it with. And then also you have to tell people about certain rights they have, like the right to ask for you to destroy, like destroy and delete all their data and some other things. And we do that through our privacy policy. So this is why on the last episode, I said that actually um, your privacy policy is one of the few legal policies or agreements that you are legally required to have. You just have to have it because the GDPR and some other rules require it. Now, the GDPR has some other rules, like if you're a bigger company, you have to have like a data protection officer. For most people who listen here, you don't have to worry about a data protection officer because it only applies in certain contexts. So generally, you're not going to have to worry about that. So I wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about it. There's also a concept that you have to have a, a GDPR representative if you're not in the EU. Again, this is an area of gray zone. It says, you know, for example, for someone like me in the United States, where I don't really target the EU, like all my ads go to the United States only, so I don't worry about, you know, I'm not trying to target people over in the EU. My read is I probably don't need a GDPR representative. Some people might say I do need to have a GDPR representative. And what a GDPR representative is, is just someone who would accept complaints and be answerable to complaints about what I'm doing, who is actually in the EU. So there's that issue. Um, and there are people who do this for a service. So if you're in the United States and you're, you're, you're familiar with the concept of a registered agent for a corporation, it's the same thing, but for the GDPR. So that's another thing you have to think about and make the decision about whether you need to do that. Um, but it's not, you know, if you're going to do that, you have to have a plan and explain to them how you're acting to protect privacy, et cetera. Other than that, it's really that you have to take reasonable steps to protect their data, which hopefully you should be doing, right? I mean, you're, you should be using an email service provider that has that built in and, and just being careful to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. So just to summarize a little bit, the key information here about the officer, um, yep. it's not clear 100% who should have an officer, who not, but do you know who for sure has to have one? <laughs> so, and again, I looked at this at the time, but, but so there's two different things. There's the representative and there's the data protection officer. Okay. So the data protection officer is something different. What I would tell you is, and, and I have to be honest with you, it's been a long time since I've looked at the actual law, but 99.99% of online entrepreneurs don't have to worry about it. it it's a, a Facebook of the world mm -hmm. who is collecting a ton of data. They're the ones who have to actually have an officer. Mm -hmm. But if you are, for example, a, a solo entrepreneur or, you know, you're a solo entrepreneur with a contractor or two, you are not going to need a data protection officer. So yeah, don't worry about that. 
But the representative, that's the one that's a bit. Yeah. So yeah. the representative is different. And again, it comes down to if you, um, if you target the EU. So like, let's say you do Facebook ads and you target everywhere. Then you probably have to have a GDPR representative because you are actively soliciting traffic from the EU. And so you should have a GDPR representative and you can search for it online and find people who will do it for you. If you do that, you then, they are going to ask and require that you have a, a, I think I forgot what it's called, but like a data protection plan or something like that. And most of them will help you to do that. Will help you to, you know, make sure they'll have a template that you could use um, to do that. But it's basically showing what you're doing and how you're taking steps to comply with the GDPR. So that would be the line I would say. If you are not in the, if you're in the EU, you don't need a representative. You can be your own representative because you're there. If you're outside the EU, but you are actively targeting traffic from there, then you're going to need a GDPR representative. If you're like me and you're not actively targeting the EU, you probably don't need one. Uh -huh. If you want to be careful, you could, could go ahead and get one. But what I'll tell you is most entrepreneurs I know who are not in the EU and not actively targeting it have made the decision not from a business perspective and a risk perspective. Not you made such a clear explanation here to be like, Bobby, this was super clear. And one final thing, it's not that difficult to find a representative. If you're, for example, outside the EU and have to do Facebook ads, get a representative. And that's not very expensive, to be honest with you. You can find it, it starts around 150 euros, for example. Yeah. So, so it's not, it's not a big deal. So on top of that, is there anything else besides the representative uh, question? Uh, that we should be aware of? So you actually were going to pose a question to me about cookies. Um, mm -hmm. And this is an interesting thing. Um, people always ask, oh, are cookies like, you know, do you have to have a, a cookie banner uh, because of the GDPR? My answer is no, not because of GDPR. Um, GDPR has one stray reference to cookies. And, and if, if you're listening to this and you don't know what a cookie is, I'm not talking about the ones you eat. I'm talking about <laughs> the things that live on your web browser. You see, he's funny. <laughs> um, well, I think I'm funny. I don't know if I'm funny, but, um, but so it, there is separate from the GDPR, there is in the EU something called the cookie directive. And it is a separate law. The good news is that the consent standard under the cookie directive is much lower. So, and it applies, again, if you are actively targeting the EU. So, there's some question whether I'm subject to it at all because I don't actively target the EU. So, it's not clear that I have to comply with it. But what most people have done, and again, your privacy policy will talk about the fact that you use cookies because almost all of us do. If you use plugins, if you have pixels, if you do things like that, you are putting cookies on people's browsers. Um, but the, the, what most of us in, you know, most of us are doing, you put a little bar on the bottom of your website that says, we use cookies to, you know, uh, basically to track and to do other things. I've forgotten exactly what the language is. And then you put a button that says, by using this website, you accept it and you click to accept it. Now, if you're in the EU, you may need to do some other things where you give people the right to opt in and opt out of cookies. If that's where you are, um, I, I use, there's a resource called IUBENDA, I-U-B-E-N-D-A.com. 
They're a service that does privacy policies and things like that. They have cookie policies and I like them. They're a big company, but I like them because like me, when the GDPR craze was happening and everybody was trying to say, oh, you've got to have a cookie thing and was trying to sell people cookie policies. They were one of the few that said, no, the GDPR doesn't require it, but there is this cookie directive. So you can look into them and they can probably help you more with kind of dealing with the cookie issue, especially if you're in the EU. Fantastic. So Nomad Nation, we'll, we'll share all the resources of Bob and what he's mentioning on the show notes of this episode on tandemnomads.com slash 156. And one thing that Bobby does very well, and we mentioned in the previous episodes, it's helping you by taking away all the hassle, figuring it out by providing you templates that you can adapt to your situation. And he does that with some video tutorials. So if you want to learn more about, uh, about Bobby's uh, templates, you want to check that out on tandemnomads.com slash 156. And I will put also my affiliate link to Bobby's, to Bobby's website there if you want to check it out. Um, so I, we talked about collecting data. We talked about a, a representative. We talked about cookies. And I think we need to talk a little bit about oh uh, the privacy, also the importance of having data privacy policy on your website. And you mm -hmm. offer that in your templates, uh, Bobby. So how to do that? We talked about that. I think there's one thing that's missing uh, that's important is the right to be forgotten or erased. Yep. So could you yep. tell us more about that? Yeah. So, the, and this is one of the things that is in the GDPR and it's actually, um, it's now included in California passed a law recently called mm -hmm. the California Consumer Privacy Act. Don't even get me started on, on whether it's <laughs> lack of clarity. That's another one that we can talk about. Um, but it has a similar thing. And the concept is, and this makes sense. So let, let's step back and, and talk about what, what the law was before GDPR. Before GDPR, and under like the U.S. can spam law, someone can ask that they um, that I stop emailing them, but they can't require me to get rid of their data. So I can keep all under the U.S. law. I could have kept all their data, everything about them, and all this information about them. The GDPR changed that, and it says that you have the right to tell people that I want you to delete all the data you have about me and forget, basically forget me. Again. What I would say is if you think about it, that's not really a law or a provision of the law that's really about us. I mean, that's more about the Googles of the world. Like maybe I want Google to delete the information it has about me, but it applies to us. So if someone asks that, um, you have to delete their data. Now, most of the email service providers now make it very simple so that you don't have to, to do anything. Like people can literally click a button, like on Kartra, if someone is in the EU and they unsubscribe, or they're marked as being in the EU, I guess, and they unsubscribe, it asks them, do you want to be forgotten? Or I don't remember, how, I don't know how they word it, but it does it automatically. Um, and then when you do that, they're gone. Now, you have to think about, and this is part of what you need to be thinking about when you're structuring your business, if someone makes that request, you need to make sure, is there anywhere else that I have stored their data? Is there anywhere else where I've moved their data and I'm keeping it in, say, a spreadsheet over here, or I put it into a Facebook thing over here? And so that's why you need to be thinking about where does data move in your business so you know those things. Because if someone asks for that, you do it. Now, I will tell you, no one has ever emailed me asking 
that their data be deleted. So the only place that it's happened for me is in, um, in Kartra when people have unsubscribed and I only know it happens and I don't even know how I'll find it, but like randomly something later will happen and like I go search for someone and it shows that it, that a contact exists, but I see no data. I can't even see the contact. And that's the only way I know that that person has been uh, asked to be forgotten, but you have to comply with that. Um, and again, most email service providers will do it for you. Okay. That's, that's good. And how about those who don't apply to be deleted? I think there's some homework to do there as well to keep up with that data. And I even heard of what is called re-engagement of consent, something like that. What's the status there? So here's the, the, part of the thing is the GDPR says that you won't keep data about people longer than necessary, whatever <laughs> that means. I don't know what that means, but so the question is, what do you do with people who unsubscribe who say, I don't want to get your emails anymore. Now, my view is if I gave them a right to say, delete my data and they didn't, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to spend a lot of mental bandwidth on it. It's probably good for your own, you know, um, for your own practices, partly because most email service providers charge us based upon the number of leads we have in our system. And depending on which one, some, if they're not active, won't charge you, but others will. And so if you have a bunch of deadweight inactive leads on your list and you're paying for that, there's no reason to do that. So go ahead and delete it. Just be careful. And especially if you're using an all-in-one system, and this is why I have to be careful because my email list is the same Fine. place as Kartra which means that if I have someone who has signed up, you know, and, and candidly, if someone, you know, if someone does, you know, hasn't looked at a membership, a free membership I have in, in six months and they've unsubscribed, I don't worry too much about removing their data. It comes into like, I have some paying customers who, you know, paid to buy a product from me, but then have unsubscribed. Well, I've got to keep their data so that the system knows they have access. Um, but generally you should try to sort through those things periodically and just go ahead and delete those people. Um, but while we're talking about it, I will, I will talk about one thing that you need to be thinking about. If you're using your list for Facebook advertising, you are required to up by, by Facebook's terms to update that list. So if people unsubscribe, you're supposed to take them off of the list that you have uploaded to Facebook to target ads to. So that's one very concrete thing you need to be doing. Interesting. So is the, wow. Okay. So that means that we're going to have individually to check every, is there technology that allows to do that? Or this is insane. No, no, I, no. <laughs> what it comes down to is when you create custom audiences in Facebook, you will upload your email list. Oh, you just have to upload so, a new one. Yeah. Just that's upload an, a new one no, periodically. That, and again, I don't do it every, <laughs> yeah, I don't do it every day because I have unsubscribe. Every time I send emails, I get unsubscribed. I do it periodically from time to time when I'm going to do it. And in the checkboxes that we mentioned initially, mm -hmm. don't we have to be very clear about that as well to have a checkbox to be able to update, upload those data? So you, you have, and again, here, this is another <laughs> one of those gray areas. You're supposed to tell them what you're going to be using their data for. And at some level, I don't know how you can possibly tell them everything you might do, right? I mean, and it can't be that you have to be very specific and say, I'm going to upload it to Facebook and I'm going to do, you have to give them general, you know, a general kind of categories is often what Facebook talk or sorry, what the GDPR talks about. So I will say things like, I am going to use your information to, uh, you know, 
to, to target marketing offers to you and to, you know, target the offers I make to you. And, and so I say things like that. Um, again, you know, what's required because it, it, it doesn't say. And again, this is where the problem is because GDPR isn't specific about list building we're having to kind of look at the mm. rules and try to understand exactly. how it applies to list bill. Yeah. So I have two jackboxes. The first one is for the newsletter and the yep. second one is for social media. I say, I agree to receive the newsletter. That's the first checkbox. And the second one, I, I agree to receive free resources and offers on social media. Yeah. And, and I don't do a separate one for social media. Um, yeah. I, you know, some, you know, that would give you more protection. Um, and, and again, the other thing, I definitely don't worry about that anymore because Facebook is taking care of it somehow on its own. Yeah. So, so they rolled out this feature a while back where you can literally like you can account wide go in and say, I don't want you to use any, you know, anything I do off of, you know, here to target ads to me. So you can do that all within Facebook. And so okay. I think you're, we're probably okay there. All right. And is there any before, I think we covered a huge spectrum of the important things of what has to be covered. Um, before I give you the last word, I would love to know if there's one thing that I know, if you really want to respect GDPR is to actually track how you process, process the data. So how would you do that technically? Seriously. I mean, I'm like, I, I know a lot of, I've, I did some research and that's the one thing when I'm struggling, to be honest with you. Uh, I have an Excel sheet, but then the Excel, it's just a mess. Do you have anything you recommend for that? So people talk about creating a data map and this is the idea of, un, and, and this is what I was talking about before, you need to understand where your data goes. This is what, uh, you know, again, this is why I love having an all-in-one system. I don't have to worry about that with Kartra because it all lives in Kartra. I don't move it anywhere else that I can think of. Um, and, and when I do, so let me give you an example of, of a place where some people kind of get in trouble in Facebook on groups. So you will collect those three questions that people have to answer mm -hmm. to enter your group. With a screenshot. And yeah. People will take screenshots of that. Well, if you've done that, you are storing their personal information. So I don't really care about their email address personally because I'm not using it as list building. So what, what my team and I do, we don't take screenshots. We have a spreadsheet that we simply take the, the information that I ask, like, what's your biggest challenge? How did you find me? And one other question. So, you know, it's things like that, that, that is not personal to them. So we just enter that data in a spreadsheet so it doesn't have personal data associated with it. But if you're doing things like screenshots, you have to know that you're doing screenshots. And theoretically, you, if someone asks to be deleted, you need to delete that. Again, I don't know why you'd want to take screenshots of that anyway, because it's just too much stuff. Um, exactly. But that's the kind of thing you have to think about is it, if you're using a bunch of different systems and data is moving from one system to another, and if you're using Zapier and have 10,000 zaps going, you need to know. Um, and it's like things like... Um, there's this if this, then that, like adds people to a spreadsheet automatically when certain things happen. You need to know that you're doing that in your business. Yeah. I don't know that there's a good answer. I yeah. mean, it's, you got to create a map that shows, I guess what I would say is I would want to know where does data come into my business? So basically create, if you think about it, create a spreadsheet 
and on one column, you're literally, and it's not really a spreadsheet, but literally just all the different places data comes in. And then to the right of that, put all the different places it goes after it comes in from that spot. And then you can start to put together the map. Well, that's good. It seems I'm on the right track, working on it. There's a lot of work there, but that's yeah. exactly what I've done. It's like really looking at where it comes in and where it comes out and keeping a track of it. And that's what the VA can do for you uh, yeah. if you have one. But uh, but that's basically what we're talking here is the obligation to know what you're doing with your data. If somebody tells you, show me how you're tracking your data, you need to be able to show it. That's basically yep. the point. So that's why you need to think about it. Um, all right. Do you feel like we covered important things? Did we leave anything? We probably did, but I think we covered. I think we covered. Um, we we covered enough that people know what they need to know. Um, exactly. So. All right. Fantastic. So Nomad Nation, if you have any questions, anything, make sure to uh, to check out. Uh, Bobby's great website and he has so many great resources there to help you. So we'll put the links on the show notes of this episode. Like I said, it's on tandemnomads.com slash 156. And I want to thank you, Bobby, because you've done, we can see you do it out of your heart and you're not, you're not counting your time here. You really tried to go as deep as possible and help us. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. And it was fun to be here to talk about these things. Thank you. We can, you surely made it fun. And where's the best place to find you, Bobby? Well, so, you know, what I would say is since people here are um, listening to podcasts, I would love for people to check out my podcast, which as we're recording this, I've just rebranded, well, I'm rebranding it technically tomorrow. Um, it, it is the Certified Badass Online Marketing Podcast. I and love that. I don't talk about law. Don't worry. I talk about the, the legal stuff, or sorry, the, the business stuff, mindset stuff, things like that about building an online business. Um, amazing. Thank you so much, Bobby. Nomad Nation, I hope that you have taken the time now to really listen to this episode, take notes, listen to it two, three times, and make sure to go through each of the points we mentioned that are so important for you to not get in troubles. And the reason I want you to start early in your journey, I know a lot of you who are listening are starting very early in this journey. The earlier you start, the better off you will be as you grow. And this is why I'm insisting for you to do this right now, even if it seems too soon for you and too much of a hassle, the more you grow. And I know you will, because if you're following here, it's all about making you money and growing your business. You need to start doing it with the right foundations. Thank you so much, Nomad Nation. And I'll see you in the next episode. Stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.